0: Michael. Poper? What's going on? Do I need to yell for? Yep, no, I'm not shooting. I told them I got to take this phone call. So no.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. You are putting this phone call ahead of your golf game today?
0: I don't really have much of a golf game. Holy! My uh coworker from about 180 yards out just put her a golf ball away from the pin. OHL hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast, originating from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts,
1: Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. This co-worker that you're speaking to right now is a yeah. little bit concerned that on last week's podcast, you were on a patio. This time, you're on a golf course. Do you ever intend on coming back to actual work, Poper?
0: Well, this is the thing, Mike. I told you not to call me before the 20th because summer's still going on, right? It's not really work season when it comes to hockey in the kitchen or Rangers.
1: that's true things are happening though things are happening around the Ontario Hockey League we're starting to get people circling the wagons with their predictions and we're going to be talking a little bit later on this podcast about a former OHLer who played for two OHL teams that is about to play his first professional season in the East Coast League and he even went to school at least for a little bit first an interesting path to the pros Tendo, that sounds fun I see what you did there Thank you. So what are you observing around the league these days? One of the things that stood out to me was the North Bay Battalion trading goaltender, uh, Christian Purbu, which is along the lines of what they did a year ago. They've now traded both of their goaltenders that had been starters. First Prop and now Purbu.
0: Yeah, Prop and Purbu both leaving North Bay. It's an interesting move, more so on my end for the Sudbury Wolves, because now you get a guy that's going to be their starter going forward with the expectation that upl is not back this year in a wolves uniform and this is a sudbury wolves team that was uh let's put it a contender in the east last year and without upl i think there are some question marks whether they will have what it takes to do it again um but with this addition it at least solidifies their goaltending i put this move a lot like the ingham move for the rangers they it was an area of question coming into the season, and they answered it before the season even started.
1: Yeah, and I think this does show that they're pretty serious up there in Sudbury, uh, not expecting to have Uko pekka Lupkinen back in the lineup, but they still have the team, and many people will tell you, Quinton Byfield is going to tear up this league this year. It's hard to argue with that prediction, and if they think they have a shot, why not go for it?
0: It is, but... (laughs) Corey Stillman and his staff up there might still have a lot to do with that team. UPL bailed them out. They were as good as they were last year on the back of UPL. So Perbu going to have a lot of opportunity, but he's going to face a lot of shots. They need to to concentrate on their defense and not create or not give up as many turnovers in the neutral zone, that type of thing, to allow that the team defense to come in and help Perbu because UPL bailed them out. We saw it when he went to World Juniors, they were not the same team so what is Sudbury going to do I don't really know if this move is going to be a stopgap that UPL was I think it's going to help them but they got a lot of things to work on too
1: how much of the preseason showcase did you get to take in at the odd
0: one full game
1: <laughs> the whole thing
0: the whole game and the only reason I went is because my niece wanted to go so shout out to Brooklyn she took me I we are on the road with this team 68 games. When it is season, I dive in. I follow as much as you do, you know. We're following other teams, we're checking the stats. In the off season, it's the off season for me. So, come next week maybe, the week after I'll start to pay a little bit more attention uh to what's going on, but uh, still having my finger on the pulse, but no, I wasn't there for the whole showcase.
1: Yeah, I took in the Friday and Saturday games, but I I like the opportunity to see three other teams because, as you said, we follow the Kitchener Rangers around all season long. Wherever they go, we go. So to have three other teams in Peterborough, North Bay, and Saginaw in the city for a weekend... You get a chance just to get an early look, and we have to temper all of these expectations, all of these prognostications with the fact that it is preseason. But I like the opportunity just to see where other teams are at, what they're doing, the players they have on their roster that we might not see regularly through the season. And I actually ran into Dave Drinkle, the general manager of the Saginaw Spirit, asked him about the showcase and said... We loved it so much last year, we begged to be invited back again this year for that very same reason. You get a chance to see your team against three other teams in the preseason and do a tiny bit of scouting at the same time.
0: I love the idea. If I could put a couple underlines, bold love with an exclamation point, I love the showcase idea from the Rangers. It allows kids to get a real feel of the OHL being on the road You're facing other OHL teams, but it also brings those kids back to what made them fall in love with the game: tournament-style hockey, where you have your room and you have it for the whole weekend, and you're going. It's just it takes it back to where the love started. But I also love it for the Rangers' business aspect. The cost of the Memorial Cup and things like that becomes so expensive nowadays. If you remember a few years ago, there was talk that the Rangers might bid, but they said no. Doing this type of thing puts money in their pocket, brings fans out to see teams, to Eastern Conference teams they may not see very often. I just love the business idea from the Rangers' standpoint. It's good for the kids, too. And in the game that I saw, tons of fans there after the barbecue. It's tough to deny that.
1: Yeah, it was great turnout on the Sunday and not bad for the other two games as well. I was talking to somebody from Peterborough at the Friday night game and he looked around the arena. There there were maybe a 1,000, 1,100 fans there, but he thought, man, if we could get this, it would blow our minds to have this for a preseason game up in Peterborough. I was impressed with the number of goals the Peets were scoring for sure. The Saginaw Spirit, though it's preseason, really had game faces on. I think they're indicating that... There is some unfinished business after that seven-game loss in the West Final to Guelph last year. And one of the other really interesting things, I ran into former kitchen arranger Mike Duco. You remember he was coaching for a bit with Peterborough.
0: Dude, we had him on the podcast. He was with uh, OHA up north this past year.
1: Exactly. So he's still doing some work with the Pete. So he was at the odd during the preseason camp. I run into him, and he tells me he is now a TV star. A TV star. Watch for a Pepsi commercial near you. I guess they need it. And you know, Duco has done some officiating as well. He, in fact, he was a ref for one of the games. No, it was preseason. It was Dan Kelly that was a ref for a league game in Peterborough. Yes. Duco has been doing some refing Anyway, I guess this particular production called for a referee to be conducting a faceoff, but not dropping a puck, dropping a can of Pepsi. and oh, that. I was- Mike Duco. See if
0: he wanted to drop the gloves and duped it out.
1: <laughs> it's, him. it's Duco's arm that you're going to see in the Pepsi commercial.
0: Wow. He was I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah,
1: he was making the uh Seinfeld jokes about becoming a hand model. Oh classic and he also said it was about 30 seconds it's going to be a 30 second commercial it took about seven hours of production time they only needed me to drop that can for that one little shot the other seven hours i sat around and ate like a fat pig duco's quote not mine
0: Ah, oh, it sounds like me today <laughs> all right I was on the golf course out here at deer ridge eating and drinking like a champ at the Oktoberfest Golf Tournament.
1: Before we let you get back to what you're doing today, we've got to get to this Jake Henderson interview. You know Hendo as well as I know Hendo. What do you think the first question is that I had to ask the kid?
0: How his family is.
1: We got what to that. What club is doing. We got to that.
0: If you got a haircut.
1: Close. Go a little bit lower. Do you remember that duster the guy had last time we saw him?
0: Ah, uh, I do, yes, now that you bring that up.
1: These are the questions you only get answered on the Farwell and Pope podcast. Well, Jake, you know, I was thinking back on a lot of things. And uh, obviously we spent three years together in Kitchener as you moved through the Ontario Hockey League. Before that, you were in the USHL. Before we get to any of that, I need to know, are you still sporting that duster that you had last time I saw you?
2: I'm trying to. I don't know. It grows back. <laughs>
1: so.
2: It uh... I cut it on Mother's Day, so it's still growing from then, so I'll probably just cut it once a year, every year, and it'll always probably be on Mother's Day because it makes my mom happy.
1: I was going to ask, is that by request of Mama Henderson?
2: That is 100% <laughs> by her request.
1: <laughs> Other than that, has that mustache become a part of the Jake Henderson mystique?
2: Um, I just, just like it. You know, No one really rocks it anymore. It's kind of fun to have one. Everyone looks at you funny if they do, if they don't like it. There's some people like it. It's just fun to have people look at you, give them a look back, give them a wink, give them a kiss. I don't know.
1: A little bit of a throwback in that stash.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, it's old, old school hockey. All
1: right. I didn't call you to just talk about, of course, your mustache. Uh, you have signed on with the Rapid City Rush in the East Coast League, getting set for another professional season. Well, your first full pro season in the East Coast League. Uh how did this all come about?
2: Yeah, so last year after playing at Laurier, I went to uh Kansas City and Wichita. Uh just kinda got my feet wet, see how it was. And uh Rapid City was one of the teams I was looking at me as well. But I couldn't really pass up Kansas City, you know, it's three hours away from home. It's pretty cool to play that close. And, uh, you know, this year with their affiliation with Arizona, uh, the coach likes me. I know uh, the goalie really well. He's from uh, a town about 20 minutes down from me right here. And, uh, you know, just a bunch of guys that I know are great guys and they want to win. And, you know, I I always want to be on a winning team. It's always fun to win. So I'm I'm excited to do that. You know, excited to get my first pro pro season in and, you know, especially with a great team.
1: You talk about being close to home, Jake, and that of course is Saint Louis now. Up here in Canada we think it's every Canadian boys and girls dream, every Canadian kid's dream to play the great game of hockey. How does a kid from Saint Louis get involved in the game?
2: Yeah, um, you know, a bunch of uh NHLers stick back. Uh, yeah. you know, my, my coach for the ninety seven birth year was uh Keith Kachuk. Um, our head coach is Jordan James, he's actually from Canada but uh he played juniors and everything but you know uh, Walt was our uh, our coach and you know he was he's a big role model for everyone uh you know Mr. McKenniss uh Kelly Chase Jeff Brown uh Prongers there now just uh, a bunch of a bunch of ex NHLers ex Blues players that stick around uh, cuz they love St. Louis and you know they stick for the Triple A Blues organization and you know that's uh that's always nice to have that professional professionalism, uh, there coaching you and developing you.
1: How did you celebrate the Stanley cup victory last spring?
2: Uh, I was at a, I was at a pub down the street. Uh, I was with a bunch of my buddies, uh, and yeah, you know, it was, it was something, uh, something awesome for, uh, St. Louis to have on game seven. And the parade, it was actually my, uh, my sister's, uh, Sister's birthday party, so I got to watch it on TV. We uh, we have a big family tradition, starting now with uh, having a uh, party bus and everything. Whenever one of our family relatives turns 21, so I think we had about 50, 60 people. Again, you know, we we love our big groups of uh, family members hanging out together. As uh, I'm sure Kitchener knows, and uh, yeah, you know, it's awesome. I'll never forget it. Um, you know, June 12th sister's birthday and a game seven Stanley cup one for the blues for a very historical day. So I'll never forget that day.
1: I'm going to come back to that tight knit family in a moment because I know it's been an integral part of your career, but St. Louis, of course, it's not like you're from California or Arizona or places where hockey would be more non-traditional. St. Louis has got a great history in the game of hockey. You mentioned some of those names as a kid who started the game as young as you did around the age of three. What was it like having people like that as role models and ultimately coaches? Yeah,
2: that was awesome. Uh, Like I said, Chuck was my uh, coach growing up, and, uh, you know, growing up while I didn't even really know him personally, but I knew him as a hockey player, and, you know, I I always grew up uh, saying he was my role model, the guy I wanted to play with, play not play with, but play as, uh, you know, as a grittier guy, as a leader, um, you know, just parks his butt in front of the net and gets the... Not the easy tapping goals, but the goals that maybe put in and you know it was just awesome uh growing up looking up after him, and then one day saying he's my coach and now saying he's one of my good friends so it's it's awesome to say that, and you know it's uh, something I've always dreamed of, and one of my dreams came true.
1: This season upcoming, your first professional full season with Rapid City that I mentioned before is uh, just the latest step in a pretty interesting hockey journey for you. Let's go back to uh, before fans in the Ontario Hockey League, Kitchener and North Bay came to know you, Jake. Uh, You were with the USHL before you decided to make the leap into the Ontario Hockey League. What made the OHL an attractive league to you back then?
2: Um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, USHL, that's a college feeder. I was, uh, you know, I was command of Providence College at the time. Uh, but I just, I wanted to develop quicker, you know, develop stronger as a as a person and as a player. Uh, Coach Van Ryan came down and talked to me because uh, he kind of went through the same thing. you know, going through university and everything. So he kind of knows both ways a little bit here and there. And, uh, yeah, it was just more of a, a development uh, being in a pro atmosphere, you know, the, the fans having 7,000 a night, uh, playing against players that are going to go to NHL, AHL type next year. And it, it was just a good development for me and uh, my mentality and watching those guys and how hard they work and how much harder I need to work to get better. And, get better every day and, you know, be be ready for the next shift and hopefully, you know, get going up in this uh, ladder and maybe one day get to the NHL.
1: When you look back on that Ontario Hockey League experience, Jake, do you feel as though it was the right move for you? Did you get what you wanted from that league?
2: Yeah, I I think it was the best, best experience I could have ever had. Uh, it was, uh, you know, coaching staff, was always great every year um and the guys I, I can never complain about one guy the the guys in Kitchener and North Bay as well They just you know, always welcoming and always the nicest people to ever meet must be the Canadian blood they always have in them but <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it is but it's just always always great to see new guys and you know make them feel home and it, it was just a great experience and I'll, I'll never regret not not going to college or anything like that, I'll, I'll always be thankful I went the junior route.
1: How difficult was it to be traded from Kitchener to North Bay in your overage year?
2: Yeah, it, it was tough. Uh, yeah, I've never been traded. Uh, I switched teams, like you said, USHL to OHL, but that was my choice. But uh, getting traded, you know, isn't isn't the best thing, but it kind of it had to happen. I mean, me at a goalie had four overagers, so something had to budge, and I was the one that had to budge out, so. But it was, you know, it was a good experience. I, uh, you know, going to North Bay, all I heard was cold. It was freezing. <laughs> I don't really like that stuff, so I wasn't really too happy about it. But it, it honestly was probably one of the best things that ever could happen to me. I uh, I love North Bay now. It's a it's a great town. You know, it's not the biggest town, but they had great fan support. Uh, the team's very good. The organization's amazing. So. I actually couldn't complain one bit about the trade after, uh, after the first day of hearing about it. But other than that, like like I said, it was a good experience. And getting traded isn't the best, but it could be the best for you.
1: It seems to me that the town of North Bay would be a lot like the kind of hockey player you are. You mentioned earlier, just sort of park your butt in front of the net, do that dirty work. It's a blue-collar town, and maybe that fits right in with Jake Henderson, the hockey player.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, they they loved, it. and I, I think actually I scored probably like four or five goals right in front of the net, so <laughs> it, it it worked out for me.
1: There was a player that you got to play with in Kitchener, a fellow Missourian who you had been friends with long before you both arrived in the Ontario Hockey League, and that would be Luke Pilka, who was a goaltender here in Kitchener during your time. Do you guys still keep in touch?
2: Yeah, we actually talked a few days ago. He was in. Uh, he was visiting his girlfriend. He's, uh, he was in Kitchener, uh, last week, uh, seeing you guys. So I'm actually going to see him next week. He, uh, he's a big boy now. He's going to a university. Uh, I believe he's going to be a family practitioner. You know, that's a, a nerdy way to go out, but he, uh, you know, he, he loves the books. He loves people. So it'd be awesome for him. And, uh, I uh, I believe he got a new house, so I think I'm going to go see his house next week and see uh, see what's like being a big boy.
1: There you go. You can help him with the housewarming.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll be his uh, maintenance guy. Get a few bucks off him.
1: <laughs> you spent a year at Wilfrid Laurier University as well, playing for the Golden Hawks. Uh, what nerdy courses did you take?
2: Oh, uh, I, I don't know about any nerdy courses. I I took history, rock and roll. That was a fun one. <laughs> that was a. Uh, that was something pretty cool to learn about. But other than that, I just took the regular sociology, psychology, uh, first-year courses. Uh, it was it was a good year. I Like I said, it, all hockey players are amazing. It uh, doesn't matter if you played against them, fought them. Next night, you get traded to the same team. I mean, everyone loves everyone in the hockey world. Uh, it, it was a good time there. I, I can't complain one bit there either. Uh, It was a good experience living on my own, uh, living in a house with, you know, five other guys and, you know, having to do all my chores instead of mom and dad doing the laundry or making dinner. So it it was a good experience. And uh, like I said, I can't complain one bit about Laurier either.
1: Were you a uh, rock and roll fan when you took that course? I'm trying to remember your time in Kitchener, but I thought you leaned a little bit towards country back then.
2: I, I I was country here and there, but... Um, my dad's a you know, classic rock guy, so I always grew up listening to that. I, I came out to uh, Pina Coladas my last year, so
1: that's right. I remember.
2: So I, I I got a little I got a little rock in me, so I'm just trying to trying to keep the old way still going. I, I like that music. You know, you could you could actually hear it instead of some of this rapping stuff where it's uh, kind of hard to listen to the lyrics. So it's uh, nice to hear that sound.
1: Now that you've taken the course on the history of rock and roll, can you go toe-to-toe with your dad on rock and roll trivia?
2: Uh, probably not, no. Just, <laughs> once once the strings are going, I'll, I'll have to wait about 30 seconds, a minute, to hear the song. He'll just hear one string, and he's got the answer. So it would be a little tough for me, but I think he's got a couple years under his belt for that one.
1: What was hockey like in the CIS compared to the Ontario Hockey
2: League? Um, you know, nothing i wouldn't say nothing too different obviously you got the guys that moved on to the pro level and all that but you know it's a lot of guys that are still from the ohl or uh junior a junior b and you know still have talent and want to win the game and it it, it actually was i wouldn't say as hard but close to the ohl as you could get for a university standpoint it was uh Bunch of guys that still wanted to win, still wanted to play the game that they love and always played their whole life. Uh you know, it was it was a lot more I'll say grindier for sure. Um I don't know why, but a lot, lot more hitting, a lot more stick work, but uh I, I like that stuff so I, I can complain one bit. But it was uh it was it was a lot more competitive than I thought it was and you know, it, it still never uh never caught me off guard when someone was coming down and scored and they still sell you like they won game seven of the Stanley Cup. It was uh <laughs> it was a good experience and uh like I said, they're all good players, so I, I couldn't complain about the compete level in that league.
1: What was it that led to the decision, Jake, to leave school and pursue pro hockey at this point?
2: Um, yeah, I just I just couldn't it wasn't that I couldn't wait, but I couldn't wait. I I just feel like I needed to get Get my pro started. I could I could go to university or college after that uh, if it doesn't work out. But I just I wanted to get things started uh, when I was young. You know, get my name out there uh, while I'm you know only twenty two, and you know, hopefully uh, get the ball rolling before before all these older guys start uh, getting out of university and they start wanting to get their pro career started. So yeah, I just wanted to you know get get going in my life. And if I have to go back to college or university, I could, I could do that when I know my time has officially been done for hockey.
1: So from that perspective, Jake, does it make it easier for a guy like you to understand uh, a guy like Joe Gareffa, who you played with in Kitchener and who has decided to forego his overage year in the OHL and pursue pro hockey himself at the age of 20?
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. I mean, like like I said, if, if you think you could do it, you, you got to do it. There there's got to be risk in this world. Um, if you're not risking it, you're not trying. Um, and if Joey G wants to go play pro and he wants to go and try to make the big bucks right now, he can 100% do that, and I I think he could 100% make the big bucks. He's got the talent. You know, he's he's a small water bug, and he can't really catch water bugs. So it's a good good thing for him. So. I think he'll uh, he'll do great wherever he lands and you know I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes in his pro career.
1: I promised I'd come back to that tight-knit family that we were talking about earlier June 12th game 7 Stanley Cup finals win for the St. Louis Blues and your sister's birthday the big henderson family the clan is together to celebrate there's a group called the hendo fan club that we came to know and really love when you were a member of the kitchener rangers they would travel around by the dozens what did that support mean to you through your ohl career
2: yeah that was you know the best thing ever i i'll never forget uh any moment when they come up and you know support me or you know, even even go to my house and there's 80 people watching on TV one night. It's just something awesome that I will always cherish in my life. And uh, you know, players will say like they got the they got a great goal that I always remember, or a, a good hit or something. You know, mine's always my family comes in February around there, and it's always a time that I always never forget my junior career. And you know, hopefully they come up and see me in Rapid City or uh, Kansas City whenever i play them but yeah it's just my family's awesome they they love supporting everybody it's it's not just me it's my cousins my sister you know whatever sport uh they're playing well go to the game and cheer them on or graduation or whatever it is but you know it's uh it's awesome to have uh that kind of support and that many people on your back
1: I'll never forget the time we saw them as far north as Sault Ste. Marie. We don't go any further north than that. And I'm pretty sure that night, Jake, Popper and I couldn't get a beer in the bar because it had been run dry by the crowd that was in there before us. I don't know if that's true or not, but, and I say that with affection, I think they can really enjoy their refreshments while they're on the road. Yeah. uh,
2: You know, Budweiser's headquarters of St. Louis, they they got (laughs) to show their support, uh, but yeah, they, they like to have a good time, you know, you're old enough especially when some of my cousins are 19 and you gotta wait till 21 you cross that border and you're legal it's you gotta experience it so you know that's what happened to me when i was came to uh Kitchener's. it was a weird adjustment adjustment being 19 and you're legal it's it's something you don't grow up seeing in, in the states when you gotta wait till 21 but uh you know they, they like to have a good time it's not just you know drinking obviously i think they went to the uh the Sioux, uh, was it? They they had some uh, plane museum, I believe, in the
1: Sioux. Right. Yep. The aviation so, museum. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. They they went there. You know, they they had a good time in the Sioux. They they got to see uh, the snowbanks. They were amazed at. Uh, you know, usually don't see that big of a snowbanks in Missouri, but uh, no, they 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 had a great time. I think they wanted to see a moose. I don't think they have they seen a moose yet, but you know, hopefully they see a moose on one of these trips, but yeah like you said they they have a great time and it's not just about me it's about the team you know they always always have the Kitchener or uh north bay you know uh team or anything like that when they come up they they love the team they love supporting the team especially when they win uh i think even that trip they uh when joey g uh scored the goal in overtime uh he came over to celebrate in front of the fans and I think that was pretty cool so that's another memory I'll never forget but yeah, they they love any team I'm playing for. They they always love Kitchener and you know, it's it's something that I'm sure will stick uh stick around for a while.
1: When you think back on all of the hockey that you have played so far and you're only 22 embarking on that first pro season, but there's a lot of games under your skates already, Jake. Can you pick out uh a memory something that really stands out from your time through the OHL or anywhere else?
2: Um yeah I could uh you know there's always a few but um like I said probably uh will be my my family always coming that's always always the best weekend when they come up because you know the guys always love seeing them and having a crowd and you know some some fans aren't as uh as loud or as energetic as my family when they they bring the blowhorns and fat heads and everything but you know i I'd say my family or i'll say my first game. Uh, wearing the Kitchener, Jersey, and scoring the two goals and you know being on line with uh goosstoff and benjamin was uh was a good start to my Kitchener career and it was uh something I will never forget for sure.
1: What do you do now to get ready for that first season in the pros
2: uh yeah right right now i 'm just uh skating with a uh, junior team here in St Louis uh just practicing with them since they're uh They're uh, skating pretty hard now since uh, September, and everybody's getting ready for the season, so it's good to get get ready for that before my skates uh, for preseason and uh, working out probably two, three times a week, you know, just stretching once a day, just getting ready uh, and prepared and mentally prepared for the battle that's going to happen starting
1: in uh, late September. How are the wheels compared to the kids on that junior team you're skating with?
2: Uh, They're good, you know, some... Some guys, some like I said, they got some Joey G's out there that are little water bugs that just zoom out there. But you know what? Whenever you put your body in front of them, they can't go as fast as you. So you got you got to work your way through some stuff. But other than that, you know, I I think I've gotten faster, gotten stronger, and uh, I think I need that for sure for uh, this upcoming season.
1: Do you think that style lends itself to what you're going to be seeing in the ECHL this year?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a more grittier type uh, type game up there, uh, especially in the West or in the Rockies, I believe it's called. Um, it, it's a little bit more of a, a grindier type game, uh, a little bigger guys, you know, stronger. And I, I think anywhere in the pros, you're going to meet strong guys. There's no unfit guy really, and especially when some of the older older guys and other things, experience and everything and know what to do and know the little things. It's just, uh, something I get ready for and something, uh, something I'm excited to get done.
1: I don't want to keep you from that next workout, but, uh, we really appreciate your time, Jake and soak it all in. We're enjoying watching your progress from afar. Congratulations.
2: Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, I'll be keeping, keeping track of the Rangers for sure. I always I was watching the highlights this weekend and uh, a, lot, a lot of goals scored with my uh, fellow teams with uh, Kitchener and North Bay, but hopefully that kind of dials down a bit when the season starts.
1: Yeah, we're getting ready for another one here, just like you are. We'll keep in touch. Jake, thanks so much for this. All right. Thank you very much. Poper, the Oktoberfest tournament. So let me get this straight. You won't come on the air until the regular season starts for hockey, but you're already in an Oktoberfest, October tournament, and it's September.
0: It's the very first Oktoberfest event. Our wonderful reigning defending Miss Oktoberfest, Sandra, is here. Tim Beckett is here. That means I, as a Molson rep for Oktoberfest, have to be here to take around a couple customers and drink free beer. So I know it's a tough gig that I got going right now, Mike. Almost as tough as watching 68-plus games this year of quality Ontario Hockey League action
1: but somebody has to do it. We feel for you, Popper. We feel for you. Sam, i got to go tee off. Okay, you do that. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot, Mike. We're going to keep you up to date with things happening in the preseason, and the regular season gets underway September the 20th. I'm Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. Far! This has been
0: the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope Podcast originates from the 570 News Studio in Kitchener.
1: The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana.